Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Back in a second here, I'm George Kurtz. Uh, we were talking about uh, baseball here, free agency, right? Where Aaron Judge might end up, where Trey Turner might end up, uh, Carlos Correa. It is a strong shortstop class. Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander. Uh, going to be a lot of money spent this offseason, right? And that's also true generally after a new uh, CBA is signed that uh, the next free agent season uh, is big as far as the owners spending money because, hey, they have more certainty about what's going to happen in the CBA here. So, uh, Jacob DeGrom, did you stay with the Mets? Mets only have two current starters, Max Scherzer and Carlos Carrasco. Taiwan Walker, they didn't offer a qualifying offer to. He's likely to be gone here. They could resign him, but probably not. Uh, you know, so that'll be interesting there. Jacob DeGrom, I think he's going to the world where he gets the most money here. So he may be gone. So the Mets got some work to do as far as starting pitching. David Peterson and Tyler McGill are, of course, with the organization. You could keep those guys. But uh, when does stuff start happening? Like, when's it going to start? I mean, someone that's the big thing, isn't it, George? The domino effect, right? Somebody's got to, you know, who who's going to sign first? And then it'll sort of be that domino effect after. Well, it's been annoying the last couple of years, right? Because they're waiting forever. All right, we think the last signs go into February because Boris wants every last dime he can possibly get. I can't disagree. I think that's uh, that, that's what it comes down to. 
So, uh, Curtsy, I dropped out for a second uh, there. So, I talked about the Washington Commanders with you earlier tonight on the TV show. What did you think of the Commanders' performance tonight? Well, I'm very glad I talked to you on that TV show because I did go with that second parlay that you suggested of the parlay. 18 and a half points is my parlay lost. Oh, the uh, teaser. teaser, yeah, yeah. Sorry, teaser, yeah. So, uh, my teaser lost, your teaser won. So, at least I pretty much canceled things out there. So, thank you for that. Uh, I mean, I think the Commanders sort of have the blueprint here. I think he's sort of equated to a Dallas game yesterday. Green Bay, okay, we can't throw the ball. We have to run the ball. Aaron Rodgers only threw the ball 20 times in that game yesterday, the least amount ever in a game he's completed. But that's how you had to win. Same thing for the Commanders. It may be ugly football. It may be boring football. But that's how you're going to beat the Eagles, keep their offense off the field. I mean, you need to be successful at it, obviously. You need to be a stay ahead of the chains. You can't take holding penalties. Yeah, but it worked out for them. It's funny, isn't it? All these teams starting to run the football again in the NFL. All right, hold on, Kurtz. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Maranci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust, and everybody else in between, including George Kurtz, taking with us. We're going to have uh, Orlando Daryl uh, Ledbetter uh, joining us on the program. Talk some Atlanta Fountain football. from uh, He's from Atlanta, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We'll also talk some college football uh, with Daryl as well. George Kurtz uh, kicking with us. I want to get into a couple of NHL picks on the other side uh, with George. But I'm glad, George, that I was able to at least, you know, change your mind a little bit and get in on that teaser. Yeah, with the Washington Commanders up to plus 18 and a half and the over. And we hit the over in the game as well. Uh, George, I thought that total was a little bit too light. That's the one thing. Totals are so unpredictable. The odds makers aren't going to be wrong, like by 20 points or 30 points or 15 points very often. But when it comes to these totals, you never really know. Yet, I did know before. I mean, just as good as Philadelphia's offense is, I don't know how the number was only 42.5, George. It's funny because if you look at a final score, that's like a final score that I would have been able to accept and thought that would have happened, but I just would have thought that it would have been the other way around and Philadelphia would have been the one to get into the 30s. But that total was way too light at 42.5. Yeah, you mentioned it on Game Time Decisions. Uh, you were absolutely right here, and you're 100% correct. I would have, okay, that score makes sense. Uh, Philadelphia wins, okay, great. Uh, I would have really liked that final score. I would have hit both the uh, teams. It would have been really nice. We're right in the sweet spot there. So, uh, listen, credit to the commanders. I mean, credit to the commanders. And we talked earlier. I mean, uh, Carson Wentz is eligible to be activated this week. I, uh, you got to stay with Heineke. healthy. You got to stay with Heineke. He just beat the Philadelphia Eagles, gave him their first loss. He's 3-1 and one in the four games that Wentz has missed. I don't care how much money Wentz is making. If they go back... If they go back to Wentz, how do you how do you look your teammates in the eye and say, "Oh yeah, that's the right move"? No, you can't. I, I agree with you, Kurtz. Uh, I, I I agree. Um, and as it is now, Washington are they're in eighth place, so they're not in the playoffs right now, but they're not out of it. San Francisco have the last spot at five and four, and Washington are five and five, so they they do have something uh, to play for. And I'll tell you what, Minnesota now, you know, they, they really like this. They beat Buffalo over the weekend. Philadelphia loses. Yeah, Philadelphia on the tiebreaker over them. But now if they stumble, Minnesota is playing for, for, a, for a bye and home field. We'll wrap it up with Kurtz on the other side. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. It's the Monday Night Meltdown. This is Sports Rage. I am Marinci. We're throwing it down with George Kurtz. I appreciate George's time. A lot of fun talking sports with him. Daryl Orlando Ledbetter will join us from the ATL in a couple of moments. Uh, we've got Rick Saratella from Long Island, SI.com. Um, and uh, and Atlantic City kicking with us. So yeah, we got a lot of East Coast. We got the South uh, tonight. We're all over the place. Kurtz is in Long Island, uh, Saratella, Atlantic City, Ledbetter, Atlanta. So uh, George, before we get into the uh, the NHL hockey, uh, Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. What do you think about this game? Tennessee get no respect from the odds maker and the betting public ever. Man, uh, Packers are three point favorites in this game. Totals forty one and a half. Well, we know Tennessee can't throw the ball. Uh, it's going to be a heavy Derrick Henry night. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the prop's going to be on Henry. I haven't looked yet. On uh, his rushing prop, I imagine I'll be all over that because I think he's going to have to carry the ball a lot for them to get that uh, offense to move there. Uh, I know Trayvon Burks came back, but who cares at this point? He's, nowhere, he's nothing to worry about. Tennessee doesn't throw the ball all that much down the field anyway. And for Green Bay, if they don't give the ball to Aaron Jones, keep giving the ball to Aaron Jones. Just like, I'm going to be throwing up my – what are you doing here? All right, uh, I understand running against Tennessee is not easy. All right, they have a better defense uh, than what the Cowboys, better rush defense than the Cowboys do here. But I think still, I don't think you want Rodgers throwing that ball 30, 40 times a game. It's not going to work. He is still beat up. He does have that thumb, that hand injury. He sure is shaking it a bunch of times uh, during the game Sunday. So I think it's going to be kind of a boring football game. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, 24-17, 24-20, that kind of game. We were talking a couple of minutes ago, George, about teams running the ball. That's the new NFL right now again. And it's funny because I don't know if it's teams are doing it because they even want to do it or they think their quarterback sucks, right? You know what I mean? Like, look at Atlanta. Does Arthur Smith really want to run the ball as much or does he just think that Marcus Mariota can't throw the ball? 
you know, you get different teams, and it's it's you know changing of the guard a little bit. But it's hard to stop, George. It just is. And also, teams aren't built to stop the run anymore, right? Like, everybody is sort of like the NFL got smaller and faster, right? Smaller defensive linemen, speed base, George, speed base. And how do you, you know what I mean? How do you deal with these speed base teams? You run the ball right at them and down their throat. I think you hit the nail on the head. The game has changed. We've said it a million times. The game has changed. It's more geared towards the passing game. You know, the NFL wants 5,000 points put up on the board. They want these 60 yard yeah. passes. It's fun to have highlights of that. And you're, although the offensive linemen are still the same size, defensive linemen are not. Linebackers are not. I think that's the biggest change for me. Linebackers are not as big as they used to be. You know, they're no. more smaller. As you said, they go side to side to be able to cover the backs, cover the tight ends, even help out with the receivers from time to time. The running game does seem to be making a return. How big? I mean, it could be what you also said. Maybe it's a lot of bad quarterback play or a lot of so-so quarterback play. You know, or maybe the receivers aren't there yet, whatever it might be. But uh, it is funny how uh, – and as the weather gets colder, I expect us to continue. Right? You're exactly right. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you've hit on something here. I don't know what's changing, you know, oh, that's, that's what it's going to be now for the next eight, nine years. I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. But I do wonder if this is, once again, a little bit of a, a little cyclical change to the run game. What do you think of um, the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings? Just speaking of the Vikings, and here's another one in which you talk about a lack of respect. Like, the Vikings are plus one and a half, George. What the hell, like, seriously? So the Vikings are plus one and a half point uh, underdogs hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Total 47 and a half. What's your take? Uh, yeah, that actually went down a half point. It was two points this morning. Uh, I mean, you know how I feel about the Cowboys. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's the same store, same movie, same TV show every damn year. All right, uh, they'll beat up on uh, bad teams. They'll beat up on their division for the most part, but they don't play well against good teams. I don't know if anything's changed. I mean, it's everything. Dak didn't play well uh, at times yesterday. The last four drives of the game yesterday, if they scored points on any one of them, they would have won the game. They had yep. 47 total yards. All right, that's a joke. All right, and the last four drives for Green Bay, they scored 17 points. That's your ball game right there. The coaching decisions in the game were like, what is going on here? McCarthy deciding they win the coin toss to uh, that he wants to receive the ball? Why? Why? You know, your defense is the, one of the best in the game. Put them out there. Instead, you put the offense out there, and they go three and out twice You know, before you even get started here. I don't blame McCarthy for, kicking the, for not kicking the field goal, by the way. What makes anyone think that 53-yard was going to be successful by uh, Brett Mayer in Green Bay? So I, I had yeah. no problem with that. But the, the play selection? You were running up and down. Tony Pollard had 115 yards in the game, yet on third and four and fourth and four, you threw the ball twice. Why? Why? That's what is so frustrating about this. They didn't make adjustments in the secondary. They were playing one high safety throughout the game. Uh, and Dan Quinn's but I, I don't want to yell at Quinn. He's been great. But you didn't make the adjustments here. Anthony Brown, your second quarterback, left the game with a concussion in the first half, and you left your quarterback on an island there, and he couldn't cover Watson. And you saw Rodgers did the smart thing. Did we, did we mention Trayvon Diggs' name once yesterday? No. Why? Because Rodgers wasn't throwing at him. He said, you know, you go, hand their pick on the other side. He didn't tell you he threw at Diggs once in the entire game. That's why we didn't hear much from Lazard either, because Diggs is covering Lazard. So I, I thought they got outcoached, outplayed. I, I mean, listen, as a Cowboy fan, I, I said it many times, these two games at Green Bay, at Minnesota, you just wanted to split and you'd be happy. But, you know, I think, listen, knowing the Cowboys, they're going to lose Sunday to, to Minnesota. I'm, I'm going to take the points again. I don't see how I can't. Uh, Washington will win, by the way. I think they're playing Houston. 
And, you know, everyone's going to be panicking like there's no tomorrow because that'll put Washington only a half game behind the Cowboys. <laughs> See, yeah, Kurtz is not the optimistic. If anyone thinks, oh, Dallas Cowboy fans are delusional, not Kurtz. Kurtz, Kurtz is like pessimistic all the time. You know, like you, you got them already falling apart here. <laughs> it is true, though. You've always talked about it as far as Dak beating a good team game or coming back and winning a close game, right? He's very front-runners. The Cowboys are very front-runners, George. Can they beat good teams? And listen, it's not like the Packers are a great team either, but it was a, it was a tough spot. It's a tough place to play. They were angry and desperate and all that, but there's definitely got to be a concern. Put it this way, if you lose, if they lose this game, there really will be, like, the people will start to panic in Dallas. Oh, yeah. You're going to Like, hear- the, the, the hot start will be totally gone. Yeah. Yeah, people are going to be pointing out Cooper, will be four and one with Cooper. If they lose this game, they'll be two and three with Dak. You're gonna hear it. I guarantee you. Yep. Hear it. You know, and uh, yep. you know, Green Bay may not be a great team, but you know they had beaten the Cowboys. Now it's nine of the last ten times. Aaron Rodgers may own Chicago, but you know he's got an option to buy the Cowboys because it's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, Joe, before we get you out of here, and I appreciate your time as always, Daryl Orlando Ledbetter will join us in a couple of moments. Uh, NHL hockey overnight. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins are going head-to-head. Uh, the Penguins really, really have struggled out of the gate. Well, they came out hot, and then they hit the wall. So now they're 6-6-3, six, six, and three, so they're, they're 500 mark. You got the 8-5-3 and three Leafs on the road. The game's basically a pick em. Vancouver stumbled, got on track a little bit, and now have lost a bunch of games in a row again. They're in Buffalo. Buffalo are small favorites. Uh, The Florida Panthers are like minus 205 hosting the Washington Capitals. Uh, The Dallas Stars. I tell you what, I like this Dallas team. And, you know, when when you have a goalie like as good as they do, you're going to have a chance to win hockey games. And they're 9-5-1 on the season. Nice start for the Dallas Stars, who have historically started slow. They're in Florida to take on the Lightning. Uh, What do you think about uh, the early NHL slate here? Yeah, I tell you, I mean, I'm surprised that Dallas Star Lightning game is over six and a half. You know, I'm, not, I'm assuming, once again, we'll check tomorrow to make sure, but assuming Ettinger and Vasilevsky are your starting goalies here, I'm taking the under. Yep. I'm taking the under. I just don't, wow, that's a high score for, you know, Tempe, they don't score a lot of goals. Dallas can, but this is two good defensive teams as well. Give me the under in that game here. The other game I'm interested in, the opposite here, would be Toronto-Pittsburgh. Uh, Murray is making his return tomorrow for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They already said he's going to start and goal in this game. I don't know how well that's going to go. We I mean, find out today that Muzzin, one of their better defensive defensemen, has got uh, I think it's a back issue or a spine issue, and he's going to be out uh, quite some time here. And Pittsburgh, I mean, Tristan Jarry's got a goals against average over three. Now, it might be Casey DeSmith in net tomorrow, which if I'm Pittsburgh, I'll go with the hotter goaltender. I'm still going the over here. Give me the over system half in that game. Hey, what the Devils? They, uh, that's like the surprise of the year. The Devils. And the Canadians aren't terrible either, actually. It ain't six and one. George, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, guys. Have a great week. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. ESPN Radio to 50,000 watt, the juggernaut 97.1, the freak on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. We're kicking it Sin City style. We'll be back in our regular studios on Tuesday. All right, so uh, let's talk some Atlanta Falcon uh, football. We went off, we discussed the quarterback situation at length after Thursday's game, and it appears as though a quarterback change will not uh, be being made right now in the ATL. Let's bring in a man who covers the Falcons uh, for the Journal-Constitution, Daryl Orlando Ledbetter steps up, and then, Daryl, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, sure, no problem, Gabe. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you letting me come on the show. Hey, well, we always love having you on, man. So what's what's the feeling in Atlanta right now um, with the quarterback situation? Does, does the fan base want to see a quarterback change made? Does some of the players on the team want to see a quarterback uh, change made? Do you want to see a quarterback change made? What's your opinion on what's going on with the quarterback situation? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you know, uh, they're, they're living with the reality that Marcus Mariota has limitations now. Uh, and a lot of the fan base wants to see, uh, you know, what they have in Desmond Ritter, whereas the uh, administration believes that uh, Mariota gives them the best chance to win and they're in the middle of a playoff race. And now is not the time to be experimenting with a rookie quarterback. Now, I think I think there's two ways of looking at it, and, and in my opinion, either way, it comes back to Desmond Ritter. Because if you want to make that argument, and I get it, that, well, listen, we're trying to, we're, you know, you're not going to win a division. We see the Bucs are getting back on track right now. I don't think Atlanta are, are a playoff caliber team, so I don't really think they should fool themselves. But... I also believe that Ritter would actually give them a better chance to win. I mean, you you brought it up, bro. When we spoke before the year started, point blank, you said, listen, Marcus has a problem throwing the ball down the field, right? And we see this right now. I mean, you can't tell me that Drake London and and Pitts aren't going to get frustrated eventually knowing that their quarterback just can't get them the football. And it seems kind of pointless to draft all these players and not have a quarterback and get them the football. To me, it just... It's 
win-win, it makes sense. And listen, if Ritter can't do it, then you know you, he can't do it, and you'll have to find somebody else to do it. But to me, it just seems stagnant not to make the change right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, they, they gave a couple reasons. Uh, uh, the fact that you got to be able to, to recognize defensive fronts, change plays, and situational football on third down and uh, uh, in the red zone and so forth. So those are the things that they value at the position right now. Uh, and not so much, uh, you know, throwing the ball. They're going to run it. They're going to run RPOs and pistol stuff to, that plays to uh, Marcus's strength. I think what happened in Carolina is he got outside of himself when they got down 13 to nothing and started to start pressing the ball down the field when that's not really what he does. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they're certainly in a situation where, uh, you know, maybe Ritter is better a better long ball thrower. Do you spot play him? Do you get him out there uh, and, you know, just give him some third downs or so forth? Or do you come with a quarter, double quarterback package? Uh, but, yeah, they, um, you know, right now they think they got it all figured out with Mariota and keeping him under control and trying to win uh, with him uh, in this next stretch where you play the Bears, the Commanders, and the Steelers, uh, you know, in your next three games and have a, a bye after that. Daryl Orlando Ledbetter kicker with us from the ATL. So you mentioned their upcoming schedule. They think it's manageable. They think it's winnable. Starts with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Justin Fields and his Bears offense has really come alive. Uh, Daryl, your take, Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, early number right now. Falcons lay three points in this game. Three-point favorites. Yeah, I would take, uh, you know, Justin Fields from Atlanta. You know, the, a lot of people wanted the Falcons to draft him when they took Kyle Pitts and said, so, um, you know, they were like, hey, if we're going to go, you know, changing our quarterback here in a year, you know, uh, two years or so, maybe we should just draft the quarterback now. And the Falcons uh, didn't do that. So uh, we'll get to see Justin Fields up close and personal. They're running him a lot in Chicago. I fully expect the Falcons to shadow him with uh, linebacker Troy Anderson, the uh, speedster out of uh, Montana State. So uh, that's going to be interesting. They're going to try to make Justin beat him with his arm and not his leg. Uh, because they know he can run real fast. And he's, uh, I think he's up to over 700 yards rushing already this season. It's a great point that you raise as far as, you know, waiting at the time and another team in the division, Carolina, they did the same thing, right? They had an opportunity to take a big-time quarterback. They never did. And now, look, they have like a bunch of mediocre quarterbacks, and they're paying the price for that. That's not, you know, to go full circle back to the Ritter situation. I mean, find out whether he can play or not, right? And I get it. They think they're competing for a playoff spot, but quite frankly, it's not like, you know, I think Mariota's holding them back, to be honest. Like, even if if you're a rookie quarterback, I don't really see how you could, the quarterback play could be worse. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, uh, you know, they, they, they're not um, asking him to win the game. They're trying to, to uh, have other people do that and then uh, uh, not uh, have to have him drop back a lot. You know, 30 pass attempts is way too much for how they want to play with him. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they knew they had limitations. But what they were going to try to do was build the team out around the quarterback position and then, uh, you know, drop the quarterback in there, kind of like what Kansas City did with Mahomes. But, you know, they don't know if Ritter is 
with that guy to drop in there, or uh, they're going back to the draft, or uh, you know, or, or they're going to get Ryan Tannehill in free agency next year. So they are definitely uh, uh, approaching the position in a, a new and different way, uh, especially uh, since they lost the, the uh, Deshaun Watson Derby to Cleveland and then had to end up trading Matt Ryan. So this is definitely a stopgap situation. He's not the future of your team, uh, and you don't know if Ritter is either at this point. So speaking of Matt Ryan, it's been quite the it's been quite the roller coaster year uh, for for Matt. So Jeff Saturday takes over and says, you know what? You know I think that Matt Ryan should be the quarterback of this football team. I agreed with that move. It's a, it's similar. It's a different situation from from Mariota and Ritter, but also in the sense to me, it's like listen, you're paying him all this money. He's only going to be there for a few years, and we know that Sam Ellinger isn't very good. So I thought, you know, I. I, I didn't. I didn't think it made sense to bench Matt Ryan, even if he wasn't playing great football. He would get back on track and at least play to, at a capable level. But what's your take on uh, Matt Ryan getting the job back uh, with Indianapolis? Yeah, I was happy for Matt. Uh, I was just hopeful that uh, his shoulder was okay and that uh, they were going to be able to protect him because that was a problem early on. The offensive line wasn't able to protect him. But, you know, Jeff Saturday being a center uh, probably got increased uh, better play out of that line. Uh, initially here, they were able to run the ball, and, uh, you know, that helps Matt Ryan out in the passing game. But felt felt bad for him uh, during all the circus part of it uh, with him sitting him down for Ellinger and uh, them not getting, you know, not blocking for him and so forth. So maybe uh, Jeff Saturday can come in and help stabilize that situation, and uh, Matt can go back out there. I think he's got five fourth-quarter wins this year. Uh, you know, the guy's a winner. He's a class act. So you always uh, – you know, root for those guys that are top-notch like Matt Ryan. Year this year, hasn't it? In International Football League, like it's hard to really know. You know, do we believe our eyes? Do we believe these records? I mean, look, the New York Giants are seven and two. The Vikings have only lost uh, one game. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how good these teams really are. If I had to ask you, you know what I mean? Like, how good are these teams? Are the Vikings for real? Are the Giants for real? Um, how do you think it plays out? Yeah, I think the uh, Vikings won a lot of people over yesterday. I didn't think they were for real, uh, but uh, they won me over with the win at Buffalo when, the, you know, the quarterback can't even get under center and take a snap on the one-yard line. You, if, you, if you can't do that, you deserve to lose. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Giants, uh, that's smoke and mirrors. They're, they'll come back to earth here over the second half of the season. Uh, the Eagles, they appear to be legit in the NFC. And San Francisco's the team to watch that can put it all together together and get going down the stretch in the NFC. Uh, also, Tampa Bay, they had uh, all three of their receivers for the first time, uh, you know, in three games in a row. And that's, you know, Julio, Mike uh, Goodwin, and uh, Mike Evans. So they kind of showed some signs of life over there in Germany. Uh, they'll go into their bye week. And then, you know, you kind of got to watch with, with team with Tom Brady to see if they get moving here down the stretch also with seven games to play. Uh, Daryl, before we get you out of here, we always appreciate your time, man. Uh, you cover the Falcons, but I just wanted to bring up the Georgia Bulldogs. In your opinion, can anybody beat these guys? Like, I don't think so. Uh, you know, we saw what they did to Tennessee. I think they could do the same thing. We saw them beat Michigan last year. You know, we've seen them 
we've seen him play elite football in these championship games, in these big-time games, and I think Michigan are really good. I think Ohio State are really good, but are they good enough to beat Georgia? I don't think so. I think Georgia's going to repeat as national champions. What, what, what's your feeling on the Bulldogs? Yeah, no doubt. The Ohio State Buckeye team is pretty fierce also. That would be a great national championship game. Uh, we'll give a slight edge to Georgia. Uh, you know, they don't have the offense that Ohio State has, uh, but uh, their defense is, uh, you know, dominating. So uh, you give them the, uh, you know, the defense wins championship uh, edge to the Bulldogs there. Uh, TCU, I just don't see them in that same light. Uh, you know, you still got to be, you know, they, they, they took it to Tennessee, but Tennessee might slip into that fourth spot there, or USC, you know, and saw what they did to Oregon at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, Georgia, uh, you know, they stay the course here, handle Kentucky, Georgia Tech, get to the LSU game and the SEC title game. And, uh, yeah, they'll be playing uh, into February for a second national championship if everything goes according to their plan. I'd be very surprised if they don't win uh, another one uh, once again. I just think they're that much better than everybody else is uh, right now. Daryl Orlando, Ledbetter, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Sure, no problem, Dave. Thanks for having me. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Oh, yeah. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. Got lost in some heavy metal land uh, there. Shout out to our boy, Matthias, for keeping that uh, rock and rolling along as we kick it. Sin City, shout out to, uh, to Daryl uh, for kicking it with us. Always good uh, with Lead Banner. So we got Rick Saratella stepping up and in. Rick Saratella is going to kick it with us. Uh, we'll get into that. Matthias, we never really got into the UFC from, uh, from Saturday night. I guess not really shocking uh, developments. You and I talked about the threat of Pereira and how much of a dangerous fight uh, this was and could be, and it turned out it actually was once again. Epic, epic fight, Gabe. Everything I expected. I had butterflies before the fight. I went right to the television and sat down on the floor like a little kid once the match started, even for the face-offs. I knew how intense it would be. You know, I just had that feeling, you know, these two monsters, you know, these two absolute guys who are the best at their craft you know this wasn't a fluke fight you know what i mean these are literally the two best middleweights at the moment in my opinion and they went to war gabe and and Pereira won the same way he won last time 
And what a fight, Gabe. You know, Pereira almost lost in the first round. You know, that, that first round goes an extra five seconds, and we're still talking about Adesanya still being the middleweight champion of the world. So painful, painful fight for Adesanya. If he's actually rewatches that fight, I'm sure he's still having nightmares about that first round and not finishing the fight. That's the crazy thing. Man, that, that card was just stacked, stacked, stacked with so much action. You know, title fight right before Adesanya and Pereira. We had Carla Esparza against Zhang Wiley. Just another fight where Wiley just beat Esparza at her own game. You know, everybody thought that Esparza was going to try to take it to the ground, make it dirty, win the same way that she's won all of her previous fights, and not the case. You know, Wiley played to her own game and beat her in her own game, choked her out, finished the fight, and so long as Sparza. You know, that's the thing. She lost in a manner which nobody thought she would lose, man. Everybody thought Sparza would get knocked out. I thought she was going to get knocked out the same way that Joanna knocked her out when she tried to retain the belt the first time. Just uh, what a performance by Wiley. Uh, one of the best in the division. I, I wonder who she's going to fight next because t to beat Esparza at her own game was something special, and that's something that I just did not expect. You know, Esparza going down, and Wiley's the champion. The belt goes back to China. Uh, USA doesn't have another belt holder. You know, now, now Aljamain Sterling, well, she can, the Bantamweight champion, she can lift. an American champion. She could lift Nagano over her head. You knew she was going to beat our Sparza. <laughs> oh yeah, Gabe. But, right. but to beat, but but to beat her the, the way that Sparza beats everybody, I thought that was pretty special. You know what I mean? She didn't box away to a championship. You know, she didn't. She she went to the ground and grappled with Sparza, who's a world class grappler. I thought that was special. Yeah, no, I know, I know. And I ca I cashed that ticket. I had a parlay with uh, Gutierrez and um, and Dustin Poirier. So Good I did cash. I did cash the ticket. But as far as Adesanya is concerned, too, like he didn't need to to, to be fighting Pereira. You know what I'm saying? No. Like that's why I, I'm going to tip my cap to him at this because, you know, you and I talked about it. Pereira had only been 3-0 in the UFC, right? Like he didn't deserve a title shot, and he wouldn't have gotten a title shot so quickly. Like put it this way. If Adesanya is good enough and has enough juice or has been around with this, you know, as a champion, have the power to say, I'm not fighting this guy. You know what I mean? I say, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't proven anything in the UFC. He needs to win more. Like, he could have bought time if he really didn't want to do it, but he did want to fight the guy. He wanted to prove a point. He wanted, you know, he wanted to erase the kickboxing losses, but he ends up losing again. But I do give him a lot of credit for, for taking the fight because he didn't have to. So that's, that's, one, that's one thing I want to say about Adesanya. I do give him credit for that. Gabe, he's been the same guy since day one. That's why I loved him. You know, there's a lot of people that hate on the guy, but you know what? He's been the same guy since day one. He's never changed on the mic. He was never shy when he won his first fight in the UFC, and he won it with style, and he won every one of his fights with style until he had to fight, you know, lions like Yoel Romero, where he can't fight Romero the way that Romero wants to fight him because he knows if he's going to fight Romero pound to pound, he might get knocked out, and that's not the point of the game. You know, he won how he needed to win, and now he went, you know, 
all out against a guy. He did, like you said, he didn't need a fight, but it's for his legacy, man. Look, he beat Robert Whitaker twice. You know, Robert Whitaker was watching that that fight live, and when he saw Pereira win the belt, Robert Whitaker was in shock because he knew just like that he's right back in the middleweight contention yet again. You know, Bobby Knuckles right back. He now he wants to fight Pereira, and he you know you know what? Maybe Robert Whitaker beats Pereira, and he becomes a middleweight champion of the world again. That would be crazy, but it's possible. You know what? It's entertaining, and it's it's at least cool when you have. It's nice to have a division, or it's nice to be in a situation where you do have these world class fighters like this, right? Where it's like, wow, this guy's great, and he's great, and all right, they, you know, he's gonna face each other. But I don't, like I said, I'm not gonna hold it against Adesanya so much. You know, this one, it's a fight game, Matias, right? Nobody retires undefeated. It's not boxing, and even boxing, nobody does. You know, Mayweather managed to pull it off, but. It is what it is, especially in, in, in MMA. It's the fight game. Honestly, even though I'm not going to say it's Kawhi Leonard because it's, you know, it's a little bit different, but I was going to say like John Jones. John Jones is only like the technically the only one that never lost, right? I mean, he lost to Matt Hamill, but he really didn't. I mean, yeah, it was technically a loss. You know what I mean? He got disqualified. He didn't lose the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't, like, underperform. He didn't get beat up. You can talk about, well, you know, the Gustafson fight. The Gustafson beat him that night in Toronto years ago. It was a war. But I think Jones actually won the fight. But if you know, you know what I mean, Matthias. Like, so basically what I'm saying is John Jones is the only one that's never lost before. But the thing is with Jones... It takes it away, the legacy, that he never fights. You know what I mean? That's why, that's what, that's my, it's just my point about Adesanya. That, you know, I give the guy credit for being a baller. Look, he fought uh, Blakovich before. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll fight anybody. And like you said, he's not going to change. He's not going to hang his head in shame because he loses. He understands you're not going to win every time you step into, into a cage. But... It is really amazing that he brought this upon himself by wanting to fight Pereira. That's just the irony of it. It gets me. He was so close to winning the fight, too. He was up, you know, he was 3-1. He, he, the Brazilian was across the cage right before the round started saying, I'm going to kill you <laughs> in, in Portuguese. You know, just just absurd movie Hollywood type stuff, and it happened. You know, and it, what's crazy is we had the best appetizer, man. Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier. Holy smokes, a fight that nobody's talking about because the craziest this thing happened in the main event. Just unreal. I, I rewatched that fight today, Gabe, and it, honestly, it's probably one of my top five, man. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. The fact that Dustin won that fight in the third round after Chandler picked him up over his head, dropped him, was going to stay on top of him for the whole entire four minutes, in my opinion, you know, close to it, and kind of close to that victory, because once once Chandler takes you down, you know, I feel like his coach told him, if you take Poirier down, you're going to win this fight because you're not going to be, you know, Poirier's not going to be able to get back up. You're an all-American wrestler. You're a much better wrestler than Dustin is. And he showed that in the second round. You know, In the third round, he was about to do it again. And, and Dustin flips the position and then gets him in a choke, and that's good night. It's And I'm sure Michael Chandler's thinking about it all day, man, just thinking, that could have been my victory. It could have been, he was supposed to be the one, you know, walking down the aisle. Yeah. We've seen this before, though, haven't we, from Chandler, especially at this, listen, he was always this way, Matias, even in his younger days in Bellator, he's super aggressive early in fights, you know what I mean? Like, he comes out, he tries to murder you and take your head off, yet it catches up to him as the fight goes on. We've seen this on a couple of occasions where 
And I respect him, too. Listen, he's another one. This guy's willing to die on his sword, man. The late night anger match for Cross. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. You know, there's a quote, and we've used it a couple of times. Remember Trey Young brought it up. He said, make sure your apologies are as loud as the criticisms uh, were. Yeah, we live in an era that it just... People will not admit they were wrong, and if they do, they'll do it begrudgingly, and they won't do it anywhere near as loudly. And listen, Jeff Saturday hasn't won a Super Bowl for the Indianapolis Colts yet. I get it, I get it, but it was a hell of a you know it was a hell of a win uh, for the Colts. He was heavily mocked. Um, Jim Mersey was heavily criticized. Oh, they're trying to tank and all this and this other stuff. Um, yet he tweeted out today, all you critics, you criticize all of us in the NFL for losing. Uh, when we make moves to win, you act so righteous. Who are you crapping? Just win, baby, Ursay wrote. And I think Ursay might have had a few. <laughs> and he's telling everyone to go F themselves, essentially, here. But, and rightfully so. Right? Rightfully so. I don't know if it's, you know, because the Colts are suddenly so great. I, you know, I still think they, they have their, they're still flawed. But at the same point in time, I mean, this this is really the Raiders. And, you know, we'll get into this. We got Rick Saratella going to be joining us. But, you know, it's rare that you see a quarterback break down in tears after a game. It's clear that the frustration and the pain is real right now for the Raiders. And you got Mark Davis talking about how McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. Yeah, fantastic of destroying this thing and running it into a ditch. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.